Them, como vai? And welcome to episode 56 of the Sufi Podcast. It is I, Polo Parata, decked out in my brand new uh, Super P hoodie that I created. Yeah. Uh, these will be these will be in the Etsy store very soon, you know, but I had to rock one to see how it came out. Came out perfecto, so. Gorgeous, gorgeous. You know? So we have a guest. We have a guest. Let's get to it. Because I could just keep on talking about nothing for another 20 minutes. This guy does a lot of art, a lot of cool stuff. Um, he's helping. He's helping out with brand, a brand coming up. It's the one and only Ori Carino. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> see, now the reason why I didn't say his name, or oh, I, I do know Ori, so it's not like I don't know his name, but he has, you know, a name like meshing two nationalities into one, and I'm bad with, you know, saying people's names, Fair so enough. I didn't want to mess his name up. So I said, you introduce yourself. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, brother? Good. Thank you. Thanks so, for having me. How, so what's going on, man? How's life? You know, things are good. I'm raising a 13-year-old. So yes, that's sir. a real New York story. Yes, sir. And uh, just continuing my journey with the art. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a long journey. It's a lifelong journey. So so let the people know, like, what, what, what do you consider your art? Like, what genre are you in? You know, if you're in a genre, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I maybe one of my challenges is that it's kind of hard to put your finger on it, mm-hmm. kind of sum it all up in yeah. one phrase. But um, you know, I think it's really involved with kind of how I grew up. You know, I grew up around some incredible kind of uh, post dadaist outsider artists mm-hmm. in the downtown scene, Lower mm-hmm. East Side scene in yeah. the '80s. Yeah. And uh, so they had kind of a real vision about how you um, approach art. So on one level, you know, just in terms of the urban environment and who we all are and this kind of pluralistic kind of space that we're in with Mm -hmm. so many different, so much ethnic diversity and just so many types of individuals and individual expression. So part of it is kind of just like looking into that and kind of lifting things up and kind of taking what we would normally see as mundane and lifting it up to almost a divine kind of representation. So I, you know, I, I paint, mm-hmm. I make paintings. Yeah, yeah. I use an airbrush. Mm-hmm. I use this freehand airbrush technique. Mm-hmm. I think this year, um, I've been paint, uh, airbrushing for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that came from doing spray paint and that goes into all these cool techniques and deliveries and, mm-hmm. um, this, this cool project I'm doing where I call analog holograms where I do these freehand airbrush paintings on silk and then you do layers of silk and they have this incredible kind of effect that happens from was, that. Was, was that one of the ones you had on Instagram? Because I know you had one yeah. where it looked like silky and then yep. I saw the image. Yeah, yeah, that's dope, bro. That's right. Yeah, that's so dope. that's like, that's wild. That copyright shit like that, bro. Yeah, it's something that I came up with and I've been developing it yeah. for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you'll see you'll see copycats out there, yeah, but that's you know what I'm saying, I mean? bro. But in terms of the technique, yeah. and that freehand airbrush, and the methods that I've kind of like put together, 
good luck. Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. luck. You know what I mean? Because that that count that's some real real art, right? Yeah, there, bro. Because you know? even because one of the reasons I wanted to interview you is because I remember when I when I first met you back at a studio one eleven Brooklyn. Shout out Jimmy. 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 Anyway, when I met you there. You showed me something where it was like a building. Something you had something showed me was a, a, a piece of art, and like you burned, you was burning it. Up. Yeah. And then I was, I was like, yeah, that's fucking wild. Yeah. Like, so that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. You know? So and and that's why it's hard to put your finger on my work. Yeah. I yeah. Think, you know, it does go into sculptural installation, mm-hmm, site specific, mm-hmm. and durational work, and um, but that stuff, yeah, that I really, man, that means that a lot to me because awesome, what what that is. Is a project that I started in 2001, mm-hmm. um, where I was taking bricks from the Lower East Side and then chopping them into little bricks and making these broken building sculptures. Mm-hmm. And then a few years after that, I connected with this uh, architect artist named Ben Armas, mm-hmm. um, who's Venezuelan, came here as a teen, yeah, um, and ended up going to architecture school at uh, Pratt. And we really dug into that project. We made a bunch of broken buildings, and then we burnt one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the street yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah. We burned it on uh, 40th between Second and Third Avenue. It was like a spot where I could do like a burner, like yeah, a right. a piece, yeah. like before cops came, like graffiti piece. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know what? Yeah, let's just burn it right here. Burnt it and took the photos, and then took the ashes from the burn, and then made these burn building paintings with yeah, that. Yeah, so, so that was like. Yeah. But, you know, those sculptures, they're like a sculpture of a memory. It's like something for us, mm-hmm. you know, something where like, you know, these streets that we live on, all the people, all the grandmas that cooked the soup mm-hmm. for the kids, mm-hmm. you know, like all the people that played the music that contributed to like the cultural, you know, milieu of the city, like those bricks have all that energy and mm-hmm. the spirit in them. And then the, to take those and to make these sculptures, like a sculpture of a memory, like something that it feels like where you were and it has all those like indications and just brings you back. But it's like, you know, they were they were kind of a vessel to like put your wishes into and kind of like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, they became this elevated idea of the city is the only, the essence of the city is that it's available. Mm-hmm. You know, it's available for us to make our personal kind of contribution you know to make to elevate our surroundings to like the level of divinity you mm-hmm. know what i mean something like that yeah man that, yeah because when you showed me that was like because he showed me and danny uh danny cortez and uh man and we were like whoa man i love danny's work see danny is doing like real replicas mm-hmm. i can't even step to that you feel me because like that is like it's the perfect thing mine the 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 building sculpture is a little more conceptual. Mm-hmm. Kind of just got to like deal with it, right, you know, right, like right. I, man, I bow to Danny's work because mm-hmm. it's just that level of attention yeah. to like what the reality of the place was. It's just, man, that's amazing. Yo. Yeah. And Danny's just getting better and better. Like, you know, he's to, to me, he's, he's still like, he's still like going up, going yep, up. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's just a, uh, Sky's the limit. Okay, like man, like when journey. he gets to his apex, he's gonna be like oh, um, amazing, bro. Like he's already like amazing, but just it's just you can't even realize like what he can do. Yeah, oh, I'm 100 percent with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, what? So what other art you? What other art do you do? You know, so, I grew up doing graffiti right? and murals. Yeah, cause my my boy uh uh, uh Pito. Yeah, 
He that's said, right. yo, that's my boy. He told me, yo, that's yeah. my boy. I'm like, yeah, okay. No, nah, we, like, we grew up playing ball together. Yeah, and stuff man. Like that he was in like, the park. like, excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my people. Yeah, exactly. man. Yeah, you know, it was like a, the neighborhood family, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, it was there was artists that we were kind of aware of that we were, that were like the pedestal, that were like the top of the top. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like what was current in New York, right? So I grew up, my younger brother's dad is an artist named Toyo Tsuchiya, and he raised us. He was with my mom since I was one. Mm-hmm. And he founded a group called Rivington School, which built the first junk art sculpture garden. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they started, they had the very first art, um, on display in the Lower East Side. Mm. So they started the Lower East Side art movement of the 80s. Um, so they really um, had kind of a close-knit group of friends, and those were the artists that we really respected. So there was a guy named Dave, David Hammonds. Um, he did something called the Bottle Cat Basketball Court mm. when I was a kid, and uh, that was like the mountaintop of like current artists. So like Teaching Shie, who was doing these one-year performances in the 80s, mm-hmm. Um, he was like our close family friend um, and these kind of incredible like art actions that like required so much like sacrifice and dedication. And it was kind of this idea that art is not a way to make money per se, but what it is, is a way, it's a form of ethics. It's a way to give. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's like an ethical way of life. Uh, when you stay dedicated to kind of a true form of art. Um, and there was other artists in that mix, you know, uh, Kwok Meng Ho, Tovi Halleck, um, and so many, so many, like, epic, epic artists. Karen mm-hmm. Black did her first performances at ni- uh, 99 Nights at No Say No, which was the social club. That's a whole amazing story mm-hmm. that I could get into. Yeah. But then there was the museum artists and, like, the classical artists mm-hmm. um, that we really respected. And, uh, but once you turn 11, 10 years old, 11 years old, mm-hmm. New York City, mm-hmm. 1991, <laughs> 1990 yeah. is graph. Right. Graffiti was like the ultimate art form. If you wasn't doing it, you couldn't even say you was doing graffiti. If you didn't do it that week, mm-hmm. you couldn't say you was writing. You know what I mean? So immediately some teenager had given me my first throwy. And I remember I, I had won a contest to do the cover of a book for this thing. It's like a um, music improvisation uh, teaching method called um, creative ability development. So I won this little contest mm-hmm. and my signature was a throwy. Yeah. And it was 11 years old. So graffiti really like taught me how to paint mm-hmm. and it also gave me a portfolio that I could use to get into art schools and art programs and yeah. stuff like that. So graffiti was just like huge for me and uh, and just helped me to become like a real painter mm-hmm. i guess you know and uh and then you know that's f- flash forward mm-hmm. to this past year and a half two yeah. years i got introduced to this whole other side of art mm-hmm. which involves technology mm-hmm. um and i linked up with this incredible creative technologist <clears throat> named Michal Skowski, mm-hmm. who Basically, he's like an expert of orienting artists to new technologies and then figuring out methodologies um, to engage that artist into an actual practice of using that tech. Mm. And we, I pitched him a project. We dug so deep. We worked 80 hours a week for a year straight. We're still working together. Mm-hmm. And we go around New York City 
3D scanning objects in the street. Mm -hmm. Like something you pass on your morning walk that you get like a romantic relationship with. Like mm -hmm. let's say it's a bike frame chained to a pole. Mm. But you see it every day. So eventually it becomes like a reminder, has some kind of like romantic association. Then one day someone clicks that lock, that bike frame is gone, is gone. Mm -hmm. There was never a record. There was never a photo. There was never a map. So it's like we're taking those kind of temporal objects like that have a finite like timeline. Mm -hmm. And then we're like 3D scanning, making this high fidelity volumetric file that could be 3D printed. Mm -hmm. And then like extending its timeline. And then like taking that and making a sculptural assemblage like the tradition that I grew up around, the yeah. Rivington School guys. Yeah. So we'll make a digital sculptural assemblage of scans and put them together. And then it kind of like elevates all those objects. It makes that assemblage like something that, you know, embodies like all of the potential, you know, all this ultimate beautiful potential that we're surrounded by on a daily mm -hmm. basis. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, yo, we grew up in the hood, we grew up in the inner city, and it's like that's what it is. We look back and it's like it's magic realism. Mm -hmm. It's like hip hop was being invented. It's like art movements were happening. Like, yeah, you might have scrounged to get ten cents to get a two now and laters. You know, it's like we didn't have a lot of like things, mm -hmm. but the culture and that atmosphere was just so special. It's it's divine. It's right. like it's really extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Because so so how long so so how long you did the graph for? You say for like young up until like early teens or no? I was like I was like serious about it from yeah. like yeah from like eleven to like twenty five. Man, also yeah. yes, you was graphing for for a while. Yeah, yeah, and then I ended up like I painting the Mars bar mm -hmm. mural once a year for ten years, and nice. people let it live, so <laughs> no one touched it. Wow, and that was from like two thousand to two thousand ten, mm -hmm. and then they knocked down the building, then they put photos of my mural in the lobby of the condo without my permission. Really, of course. Um, Corporations, bro. <laughs> Corporations always yeah, doing some you know, crazy you know. shit. <laughs> That's right. yeah but uh yeah so then i was like i was doing you know before street art was a thing i was like yo i want to do murals like without a wild style in it see if i can make a wild style of just characters mm -hmm. you know and uh so that's what i was doing but i kind of like um i you know you know how we are we like go against the yeah, grain yeah. something becomes so trendy you kind of don't want to do it anymore yeah yeah so that's basically what happened. you kind of got like, turned off I, yeah i got i ducked out I, yeah. I didn't like what was happening with street art yeah like i do not believe that putting a picture on a wall elevates it to the level of art frankly mm -hmm. and uh and i think graffiti was a real art movement really special um and the and and there was a real delineation there was a distinction between street art and graph and the one of the main ones that i saw first off was that graph had more minorities mm. street art was more white right and then street art was just immediately embraced by like the commercial machine meanwhile all these graph heads who literally put in the work to create something for all of us and had nothing they were like broke mm. and that remind me so much of toyo and the rivington school guys and how anti-commercial they were but how influential they were how they all were just broke. It was all at the same time. It was like mid nineties. They were broke. The graph heads were broke. So I was like, I was not so happy, you know, mm -hmm. with the, but you know, it was a little judgmental in me. Right, right. And in the end I could see, oh, I could vibe with all these guys. There's like so many incredible artists in every category. Mm -hmm. So I'm with it. 
So see, so now I think graph is more commercial now, you think? Like, it's more commercial, but what I really appreciate is it's being embraced at the institutional level. All right. You know, and that's where it's at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you see graph in museums now. Exactly. Like, yeah. yo, if you, like when I was a kid, Lee Quinones, mm -hmm. you know, if you ever seen Wild Style, everyone out there, if you haven't, you should. Mm -hmm. He was Zorro and Wild Style. And he was like Lower East Side. He was our hero. Mm -hmm. He was our superhero. He was like everything you ever wanted to be as a graph writer, as an artist, you know, the most whole car trains in history. You feel me? Mm. The first graffiti mural on a wall in history. You feel me? Mm. It's like, and a few years ago, I got to uh, do a project with him. Nice. They collaborated yeah. did some big paintings. Mm -hmm. And since then, he's been in museum shows with Basquiat. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's been a big elevating of that discussion. Mm -hmm. And then guys that I grew, grew up around who were like really, really special graph artists are really able to make some credible, credible bread. Mm -hmm. You know, not just like doing logos for another company. But getting having some respect on their art, you know. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Curve, one of my favorite artists out there. Mm -hmm. He's painting when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, Sam, love you, Sam. Mm -hmm. And uh, he ended up marrying my best friend as a kid's sister. Anyway, <laughs> so long story short, so I really connected. Appreciate that. I really appreciate what's happening with Graph right mm -hmm. now. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it it just it it's making it better for everybody. You know, old Graph heads, new Graph heads. Now they have this open playing field yep. where it's like. You know, it's like I think it's 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 just stuff for everybody. Like it's like like you can you can have a, a lane. Danny can have a lane. Um, Al Diaz can have a lane. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yep. just it's all there. Yeah, but you know, all all respect to the graph heads. I don't even deserve. I don't say. I don't talk about graph. Right. You know, because for me, graph is an is is active. You know what I mean? And the people that are doing it, they deserve all that shout out they deserve the real respect because when you're walking around and you see all the action because you know it's action right now yeah. like the pandemic was like the graffiti olympics oh yeah right? <laughs> it was the graffiti you know olympics I mean? yeah so i really i give all the respect to them you know it's that's not even my zone yeah even though yeah i was participating like, that's what that i was, was my saying. whole like, life yeah that's what i'm saying no, that's how I, I got into art school with a portfolio just but, graph. But listen, you didn't participate in the graffiti Olympics of the, co of, of, of the pandemic. You're lying. You're lying. Everybody did. I don't want to hear yeah, it. No. Everybody got their little got a little thing in in there. But um, so what else are you working on now? You know, I'm, uh, one thing that I've been like digging into, and it's you know I I've been airbrushing garments for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, like even back when Supreme was just a skateboard shop, I was that. Remember little, that? Yeah. You know, I was that little scrub you know rocking that? a fully airbrushed sweatshirt. Right. No one was doing that. Right. No one was even doing full cover anything, mm -hmm. you know. So back then we were just, it was a way to show off your stuff without carrying around a black. Mm -hmm. It was like a way to be cool, get yeah. noticed by girls and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but that's always been in my mind, like doing a more elevated um, version of the airbrush because it's, you can make like a ultra luxury textile with my technique of airbrushing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've explored some different things over the years. You know, I did a collaboration with a brand called Batsheva, mm -hmm. some close friends of mine. Um, and she makes these beautiful dresses and that was cool. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I did some things for Supreme and blah, blah, blah. But I really wanted to like do something myself that really dug into that concept. So recently I have been working with this incredible designer um, named uh, Nadi Silvestri and she launched a brand called Amihan, nice. which is like an ethically produced women minority owned mm-hmm. company. Oh, that's awesome. The, the, the factories are women minority yeah, owned. It. Um, the designs are like chic and elevated. I'm learning all these new terms, like talk mm-hmm. about fashion now. Mm-hmm. And so that's this great new platform for me to use this airbrush. And we're coming out with completely airbrushed, like gorgeous pieces of fashion. Um, so that's, that's a real thing where we were placed in a bunch of magazines coming out soon, Vogue Ooh. and BET music awards and all these great things. So yeah, hopefully that, that, that's a real thing and we'll see how it goes, but keep an eye out for it. Amihan. It's Amihan, New York. And it's Amihan, New York on Instagram. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's gorgeous stuff. So that's, I'm excited. So it's, it's a, it's a women's wear, women's wear brand. It's like women's wear and, and a lot of the pieces are genderless. Okay. Um, and we're going, we're making some men's stuff coming out like more masculine stuff but it's a it's it's a cool line because it's like a whole wardrobe you can combine all the pieces Mm -hmm. so basically with 20 pieces you don't need anything that's what i think with the with you know with the fashion stuff i do think it's going to come to a point where stuff is genderless Mm -hmm. where it's like you got to bring out stuff to where either a man or woman can wear it that's right because we're getting to that point anyway like 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 we're knocking on the door right now so exactly you know it's just you know just push the door open and <laughs> Bring yeah. out them them pieces for the for the people. No, absolutely, I'm yeah. 100 with that. You know, but uh, nah, bro, that that um, so you so so you like doing a project as far as like merch merch products? Because I, I I didn't. Yeah, I I said no to everything for like 20 years. Yeah. Um, but and that was really because I was more concerned about engaging with the institutional dialogue of art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to try to break into the middle class, mm-hmm. like in that way, and make something that um, I can gain access, kind of for my legacy and for my kids, and just like everything, just mm-hmm. like be involved in that discussion. Um, but then now, in the past few years, like museums went from saying you did corporate collaborations, so you are not allowed to exhibit here right. to now saying, Oh, this artist is so great. He can do corporate collaborations and he could also do his own art. And that, I think the pandemic kind of just like opened my mind up a little bit where I had reached a level where, yeah, I could contribute something to a brand if the, if the money was right, mm-hmm. um, where it doesn't really infringe on my growth, like intellectually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, just, I guess I had to mature to that level and then, the market had to like change a little bit. So now, yeah, now I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what was cool about launching this brand is that it's, it's a designer herself. It's not like this whole corporate mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supporting like minority owned, um, women owned business, mm-hmm. which I think is like everything. Um, and it's a way to like have original designs with my original airbrush, which I think is just like extra, extra, extra fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so something like nah, that. That's dope, bro. Yeah. So any any um up any upcoming art projects that you got going on? I'm doing this big project for a foundation. It's called Song Shooter Foundation on Henry Street, mm-hmm. and they 
do artist residencies and they um they kind of set up initiatives for inner city kind of young artists to gain opportunities mm -hmm. by collaborating with people from different uh parts of the industry so like a musician with a graphic artist with a this or x y and z or whatever the case is mm -hmm. and um so i'm doing it's it's a cool project yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a set of paintings that will equal a full building size mural. Mm -hmm. um, then the mural will be divided up into individual bricks. Hmm. And the foundation will raise money by selling these bricks, I think, as a digital asset or a print or something like that, as a fundraiser. And then when the individual purchases that individual brick, it's printed onto metal and then glued onto the actual brick of the building. Hmm. So as the fundraiser is completed, the whole mural will be on the actual building. That's permanently. crazy. Yeah, so that's a cool project. Crazy, I'm pretty excited yeah. about that. And then with Mihao, you know, we're doing this big digital sculpture a project, mm -hmm. and we have completed 108 digital sculptures. So we're 3D printing them and looking into other kind of volumetric display applications. So we've already exhibited you know around the country on different types of holographic displays and um and vr um activations and kind of some ar applications as well because you know we have i have paintings now that are ar capable you know where you point your phone at the painting and the object comes out three-dimensionally and rotates and then you can see what was behind <laughs> the thing in the painting mm -hmm. if that even makes sense yeah um so we're really we're digging into that and then we will be exhibiting that i'm working on a big show at howell happening gallery which is an amazing nonprofit yeah gallery Al Diaz has something there just exactly exactly yeah. he did his graffiti show there yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh so they're a gallery uh non-profit mm -hmm. that focuses on highlighting the cultural legacy the lower east side mm -hmm. um so i originally met them because i uh we organized the show of toyo's art um and uh so so we'll be showing a lot of that stuff there so oh, i don't nice. have an exact date for that but yeah. it'll be within the next year man what uh what do you think about crypto and art it was wild man like my uh gallery i've worked with for a long time named ivy gallery helped to launch nifty gateway mm -hmm. so um vincent harrison um who is the director of Ivy Gallery, was asking me to make NFTs from day one. Right. Before they blew up or anything. Right. Um, he was the guy that hit up people and asked people to make NFTs. And then people was like, what are you, I don't even know what that is. Mm -hmm. like, the first Beeple's $2.50. Hmm. Those are the $4 million ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So that was kind of, so I had early access. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't want to do it. You know, but you I, and every other yeah, artist. But eventually, I, to. I eventually I thought of a project that I believed in. Mm -hmm. that I thought was good, whether NFTs existed or not. And because I did that project, we exhibited a lot of NFT conventions mm -hmm. and rubbed shoulders with a lot of these crypto people. Mm -hmm. And it's it's no different than any other trading mm -hmm. yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, crypto bros. Couldn't have said it better. Right. That's all that it is. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, I we had uh, invitations to go to the Christie's NFT exhibition at Art Basel. 
very, very exclusive. Like Beeple was there. All the top 20 selling NFT artists in the world were there. Mm-hmm. Probably equivalent of like $800 million or something. Right. And shocking. I shouldn't have been shocked. Right. But I just based on the what what NFTs and crypto is supposed to represent, mm-hmm. which is access, mm-hmm. right, for disenfranchised people, right? That's what we hear when mm-hmm. we hear them talking exactly. about, oh, yeah. open, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I, you couldn't have found a minority in there. If you, like, you could be looking with a magnifying glass. <laughs> like, that's how white yeah. and pri- privileged it was. So, yeah. you know, just to put it in perspective, it's like, yeah, NFTs really is a false equivalency. It is taking all these different types of, it's taking garbage pail kids and putting it with Picasso's and putting it with baseball cards and then calling it all one thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's hard to discuss it anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't really, what I can say yeah. is that technology and the opportunity for artists to engage with technology to address real fundamental art issues, mm-hmm. that is real mm-hmm. and it's profound. Right. And the, how technology is developing as it relates to imagery and the creation of new forms and types of art is like serious. And if you like look into it in a serious way and you try to kind of find an opportunity to express something that was already a important form of artistic expression, kind of a, an important concept or conceptual underpinning or anything mm. that has some gravity, then it's something really profound. And then I think artists can really dig in and make mm-hmm. something really special, you right. know? So this was my little attempt. And within six months and a year, it's going to be kind of old, right. you know? But it's just all about just trying, you know? Because that's what being an artist is. You mm-hmm. really got to dig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of artists don't even like, they don't even consider the NFT stuff real. Like, yep. you know, they won't do it. Yep. You know, they don't They don't even want to figure it out. They just like, nah, I'm good. Yep. But then there's some artists, you know, uh, like my guy uh, King Saladin, who, you know, he he's well versed in that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Brings out his his, his art on uh, NFTs, and he, you know what I'm saying? He sells. So yeah, I guess it's like, I guess it's what you like, right? Saladin you... and Orange Schneider. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are my guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So 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 that's the new art you said you got coming out. You doing any more? Um, I know. Tell them about the 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 silk, um, drawing that you you have it on Instagram. If you don't have this guy on Instagram, follow him. Um, it's his name. Yeah, O R I C A that I can't pronounce. But he has he show you like he has this technique that I told him he needs to copyright. You know where it's like silk, and then you got you doing the art, and then it's like you see this silky stuff going on. Yep. But is is that like going to be like one of your new yep. like installations? Or? Yeah. So I'm doing really large pieces of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically painting. You yeah. know, it's it's using the airbrush. You can't really do it without using a freehand airbrush mm-hmm. technique. And um, and that's a whole that's its own thing. And I'm really excited about those yeah. pieces because it's like when I was younger, I wanted to make paintings, but I wanted them to be animated. Right. But I didn't want it to be on a screen. Right. And this is like a way for a painting to always be moving. 
Yo, you know, bro. it's always moving and there's always a little part of it that matches up to your specific vantage point. Um, so everyone has not only their own unique conceptual experience of it, but they're also having a unique view, a unique visual experience mm -hmm. in their exact spot that they're standing, you know? So yeah, and th those are just, I'm still digging into that. That's really, when you make something up and you're trying to figure out how it's going to work, Mm -hmm. um, and now, you know, whatever, 15 years later, I'm still want to expand it and make it more extraordinary. And there's some concepts for that I can't actually talk about because they're, they're so good. We talk about off the air, though, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like right now. And there's certain artists, there's certain ones that I've been told by amazing um, uh, art uh, uh, critics, like especially my boy, Carla McCormick, mm -hmm. who is like my own personal a superhero like my soothsayer and mm -hmm. really he helps to guide so much of us um you know he'll just tell me don't, don't don't you dare even utter that to another person so when i come up with an idea right. i'll go to carlo and a few other people that i really trust their expertise and find out who did it did they do it when did they do it over the past 100 150 years mm -hmm. really try to gain an understanding of where i fit in mm -hmm. and then there's a range of things that no they have not been done. Yeah, but he's and right. You don't talk about it. Yeah, he's right. You, you can't because they'll you you talk about it, they run with it. Yeah. It's like you talk about it and they'll they'll do it. Yeah, exactly. Just over the little information you give them. They'll just oh, oh let me figure exactly. this out. Exactly. You know, and then you're gonna be mad. Yeah. <laughs> ready to throw <laughs> you know, a ninja star yeah, somebody so, yeah, I was Toyo raised me, he would always just say, you know, keep keep trying to make something new. Mm -hmm. No matter how good I always was chasing perfection. I really wanted to impress him. My grandfather was an amazing artist who went to Cooper Union. He was a cartoonist. He made Betty Boop for Max Fleischer. So we had the very first Betty Boop ever made. Mm -hmm. um, he did Little Lulu. He did Pink Panther. Um, so we had high standards. So I was always trying to impress Toyo. No matter what I put in front of him, no matter how good it was, mm -hmm. he would say, oh, keep trying. Right. Keep trying harder. Right. You know, look, try to think of something new. And that's, you know, that's really what it is. You know, um, with the silk, it was just trying to figure out what's going to be new, you know, and, and keep trying to dig in, you know. Um, and you know, I do want to touch on Toyo's legacy right, a little bit. Go, you know, Toyo, go. you know, Toyo passed away five years ago mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving. And um, uh, he's really, really kind of important figure in art history. Um, he, he has some recognition, but he's really influential. And his photos um, during the 99 Night Performance Series in 1982 um, are probably the most important uh, document of 1980s site-specific mm -hmm. um, performance art. Mm -hmm. um, and then he went on to photograph Teaching Xie doing his one-year performances and Monty Canson doing his Blood X in MoMA and so many, so many other uh, great performances. Stellar came between the buildings, Karen Black doing her first uh, Cracking the Egg mm -hmm. uh, performance. Um, and so we currently, <clears throat> we spent the last few years archiving this collection. There's over 10,000 silver gelatin prints wow. that he printed himself in his own dark room in his apartment mm -hmm. you know so he's like the stieglitz you know of site-specific performance art and then another reference he's kind of like the louise lawler of site-specific performance art um and sh and basically appropriating 
um, these live scenarios and then making a piece of art from it, which was the print. Mm -hmm. um, so we have all this beautiful Artie Me 40 large scale drawings and we're going to be um, releasing the uh, archive mm -hmm. uh, over the next few years. And um, so keep your eye out for that. Mm -hmm. There's going to be an Instagram. And if anyone needs any resources uh, related to the 1980s Lower East Side art history, the Rivington School, No Say No, um, um, and uh, Kwok Meng Ho and uh, uh, Taylor Mead and mm -hmm. all those people from that time period, uh, feel free to get in touch for that. We're really excited to bring that to the public. Yeah, man, that's bro, that's dope. It's you got wild. all of that. Yeah. That needs that that needs a show in itself. That needs its own show. That yeah. needs its own yeah. show, bro. Yeah. We need to shop that around, you know. Yeah. And just have the fucking pictures on the wall. Oh man, there's so much. Bro, that'd be yeah. dope, bro. Yeah, really incredible. Before he passed away, they he was working with Clayton and um and a few other people to try to get a documentary made. So they did a lot of interviews mm -hmm. before he passed. But um essentially he is the gatekeeper, Toyo. Um, because he had the only document, um, the full document of that period. Right. Um, so he did, he spent a few years foliating all that stuff before he passed away. And they made a Rivington School book um, that he and uh, um, Monty Canson, Ishvan Cantor put together mm -hmm. um, that's out there. You could find it at like, you know, Karma Bookstore and things like that. Um, but so the materials are there, mm -hmm. um, but there's, there's a lot to do. There's people know the style because he influenced the way downtown photos look the way punk rock photos look that all comes from toyo mm -hmm. that comes from the that first photo installation installation he did in 1983 um and so it's going to be just an amazing ride to bring all that out you know because i'll tell you when i was in art school in uh, boston i went to the school for the museum of fine arts and i would give lectures about toyo I would show people his portfolio, the professors. I had two different professors cry, mm -hmm. cry, tears falling out of their eyes because you're seeing a part of art history that has already impacted you, but it's like the missing link. Mm -hmm. It's the part that, oh, that's what happened. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Damn. That's dope. I can't, I can't wait to see all that. So um, we're gonna wrap this up, bro. Appreciate you. Know, it was it was awesome, awesome talking to you. Um, where can they find you online? Uh, you know, the most current stuff is my Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Ori Carino, O R I C A R I N O. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a website, oricarino.com. Yeah. Um, you could Google me. It's probably some information. Google me. Google me. You know what I mean? Um. You could call me, text me, hit me on, hit me on the beeper. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, hit me know. on the Scott Pager, baby. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, good question. Who knows? You yeah. know how to reach me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, a lot of people watch this show, so you gotta, you gotta uh, tell them where to find you if That's you right. want, if you want to be found. That's right. You know, That's as I right. tell people. Well, you know, I, I'm setting. I'll have a new studio in Manhattan soon. Um, love to have some studio visits. Also, I don't have a major gallery representing me right now. Mm -hmm. So shout out to all the major galleries out there, the interesting ones. 
um, the ones that have some kind of like social context to them. You know, maybe maybe even like a little tagline about equitability on your website. Maybe. Oh, look at that. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I look, I look forward to being in touch with everybody. I think that's that's a decent way. You know, most people are Instagram or or can go on the website. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I have my uh, my email is yeah, ogc two one two at gmail. Ogc two one two. Uh, just like the original gun clappers, but it's my initials. OGC. Yep. Hebrew first name, Tibetan middle name, Italian last name. That's dope. I wish I was that cool. <laughs> I got this middle name, this, and this last name. Hey. No, my stuff is generic. Anyway, you can find me on Instagram, the Sufi Podcast, Polo Parata on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere. Um, if you spend $5 on the Patreon, you can see us today. If not, you have to wait. It comes out tomorrow. So, um, yeah, it'll it'll be out tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Um, if you sign up to the Patreon, you can get it today as soon as Walter sends me this files and I do the little magic to it. Um, thank you for coming, bro. Thank you, Sean. Uh, we will be back next week. Well, not next week. We'll be back. I don't want to lie to y'all. <laughs> Suvi Podcast. We're out. Ciao. Peace. Is the break, son. Styles are similar, the criminals locked up with gats. Ghetto tabernacles is fucked up. I live once, though, the mind stays infinite. Traveling to touch nine planets in my midst while I carry to earn a decent salary. So
soon get married, raise a family, but the plan will be real great. To sit up in the law, count stacks and max, and real cats go watch my back. But listen to the woo, son, and maintain this all real. Starving individuals kill. I buck what's only right, leave the poison alone. Projects infested with rats, cats, and crack homes. Half of us will try to make it, the other half will try to take it. So many fake, half real freedom bill. Born in science, my alliance and a lot wild surprises. Keeping my eyes wide to this, the unfortunate. Laying in mountains, counting with jewelry on. Can it be the next team house to horn? Shield done just for real ones, like the liar. I hate to have to tie the next guy up. Pay attention to 10 10 wins. Who blinks? Now I'm staring you the truth. Buckle up. Now who's a legend?